Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. People with anxiety or depression are much more likely to experience negative consequences from their drinking, even when they drink exactly the same amount as people without anxiety or depression. It's not the quantity or the frequency, it's brain differences and self-medication. In this episode, I discuss a new study that came out a few weeks ago on this topic, the concept of telescoping and how mental health struggles accelerate the process of developing alcohol use disorder, the harm paradox, and what you can do if your mental health is making it difficult for you to quit drinking. So let's dig in.
study published in Alcohol, Clinical, and Experimental Research found that people with anxiety or depression experience more negative symptoms from their drinking compared to people without these mental health conditions that drink exactly the same amount of alcohol. Feeling anxious or depressed after drinking alcohol is a pretty normal experience, and one 2019 study found that 15% of people feel depressed after drinking and 12% feel anxious. I would have expected these numbers to be a lot higher, but we also have to remember that alcohol use disorder only impacts about 10% of people and 40% of the world barely drinks any alcohol at all. We talked about anxiety in episodes 22 and 64, so if you want to know specifically about that, go check out those episodes. But people with anxiety are three times more likely to struggle with alcohol use disorder. Alcohol slows down our brain activity, so it feels like it helps to manage the symptoms of anxiety because it will immediately slow down racing thoughts, fast heartbeat, and restlessness. Episode 43 was about drinking to cope, and in that episode, I described a study that looked at people with depression over 10 years. Half of them drank to cope with their depression, and the other half did not. Almost half of the people who drank to cope with their depression developed alcohol use disorder during the 10-year period, compared to about 15% of people that didn't drink to cope. One of the reasons that mental health struggles increase our risk is because alcohol masks the symptoms, so we treat drinking as medicine. We don't realize, though, that drinking worsens mental health, so we are just continuing to make our problems worse and worse until we can't handle it anymore. People who drink to cope with depression can eventually feel suicidal, as I did, and people who drink to cope with their anxiety can become so anxious in withdrawal that they can't handle it and they drink to make it go away. One of the conclusions of this study is that people with anxiety and depression are more sensitive to the negatives of drinking alcohol and they experience negative consequences more often even when they drink exactly the same amount as people without anxiety or depression. So this study looked at data from almost 26,000 adults and found that the negative consequences that people with mental health conditions experience more often were changes in heart rate, changes in sensory perception, cravings, tolerance, strained relationships, struggling to stop drinking once they started, being unable to cut down, insomnia, and restlessness. And if you struggle with your mental health, these symptoms are going to make you want to drink even more. If you have insomnia and restlessness and you struggle with anxiety, you're going to be tempted to use alcohol to calm yourself down and help you get to sleep. And people with mental health conditions had more cravings, developed tolerance faster, and lost their off switch faster. I have an episode, I think it's 125, about where your off switch goes. So if you want to learn about why that happens, you can check that episode out. Research has found that anxiety and depressive disorders commonly co-occur with alcohol use disorder. And between 20 to 40% of people in recovery will have some kind of mental health condition compared to about 5% 
of the general population. And it's thought that this relationship exists because we self-medicate with alcohol. I talked about this with ADHD too, so check out that episode if you haven't yet, but this applies to a lot of stuff. Alcohol does a great job of immediately fixing our problems, so we begin to rely on it, and we don't realize that it's making our problems worse until we hit a breaking point. But then we try to quit, and we have no coping skills to deal with our mental health, so we keep going back and forth and back and forth. And it's not just that people with anxiety or depression experience more negatives from their drinking. They also become dependent on alcohol more quickly than people without anxiety or depression, even when they're consuming exactly the same amount of alcohol. And it's not just self-medication. Just like we don't develop a problem with alcohol because we're weak-willed losers, people with anxiety and depression don't develop those struggles because they're weak either. We aren't all born with exactly the same brains, and some people's brains develop in a way that make them more vulnerable to depression, anxiety, or the rewarding effects of alcohol. Some people self-medicate, and that obviously accelerates the process of making them reliant on alcohol, but not everybody self-medicates. It's thought that the structural differences that are seen in anxiety and depression have some overlap in the structural differences that are seen in alcohol use disorder. So that may also be why this connection is present. We may have differences in the brain systems that help us regulate stress and rewards, which makes us more vulnerable. The amygdala helps us regulate our mood and is also connected to anxiety and depression. It helps us regulate our emotions. So if your amygdala isn't that great, then you're not just more vulnerable to mood disorders, but you're also vulnerable to not being able to regulate your emotions. And negative emotions are one of the biggest reasons that someone drinks alcohol or relapses. On top of this, people with anxiety or depression will more often experience something called telescoping, which is when the process of moving from a casual drinker to a person with an addiction is accelerated. I experienced telescoping, and it was a relief to learn that there's an actual term for it and not just loser, which I thought was the correct term for what I experienced. So I started drinking at 22, and in less than a year, I was already a daily drinker, sometimes even drinking in the morning or all day when I was very upset. Two years later, my tolerance had doubled, and two years after that, I lost what little control I had, and I could never skip a day ever again. It was a very quick process. Not everyone with anxiety or depression will experience telescoping, but if you went from regular drinking to addicted drinking in a short period of time, then you may have experienced this too. This is referred to as the harm paradox because studies have observed this even when you control for the amount of alcohol that's consumed. So this means when people without anxiety and depression are drinking 20 drinks a week, for example, people with anxiety and depression who also drink 20 drinks a week will become addicted much sooner. The harm paradox is described as harm from a given level of substance use within a defined group are in excess of the harm experienced by individuals 
outside of the group. You will generally see the harm paradox described with socioeconomic status. And when everybody drinks the same amount of alcohol, people with a low socioeconomic status and less opportunities will progress much faster to addiction. The idea is that socioeconomic deprivation increases the likelihood that someone will be exposed to trauma, chronic stress, bullying, discrimination, and other adverse experiences. And these all increase the risk of developing anxiety and depression, which then increases the risk of someone drinking to cope or to check out. And studies have also found that the worse your anxiety or depression is, the more likely you will be to drink to cope with it. And we know from previous episodes that alcohol makes anxiety and depression a lot worse, so it creates a cycle that's very difficult to escape from. Mental health is just one of the factors that increases the risk of developing a problem with alcohol, but it's a key thing that keeps us stuck. If you've tried to quit, but your anxiety is so overpowering that you feel like you can't survive the first few days or weeks, then it's pretty hard to stay sober. And similarly, if you've struggled with depression, then you may be someone who quits and takes a long time to start feeling any better because you feel sad, hopeless, and have low energy. This can eventually trigger the why bother type of thoughts. And it's really important that you understand that this isn't something you can deal with later. A lot of times we tell ourselves, when my home life gets better or my work situation gets better or whatever situation improves, then I will deal with my anxiety or my depression or my drinking. But it's important for you to understand that the longer you don't deal with it, the worse it gets. I think a lot of times we feel like things are going to stay exactly the same until we decide to deal with it. Things are just going to get worse and harder to deal with the longer that you put it off. So if mental health is holding you back from quitting or making it harder for you to stay sober, then there are a few things you can do to help yourself. Going to therapy to learn ways to cope with your symptoms besides drinking or just suffering with them. Talking to your doctor about medication. It's okay to need medication, especially if you're having trouble getting through the first few weeks of sobriety because your anxiety is so bad. And getting in community with people who understand what you're going through. It's good to know that you're not alone and to learn from other people's experiences and victories and how they have navigated the same challenges that you're going through. If you're looking for a safe space, my Living a Sober Powered Life community is always open for you and I will talk to you next week. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. 
We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.